Here we go. This is Donna Marie Johnson coming to you with the Market Like a Queen podcast show. Today, my wonderful esteemed guest is Mr. Michael Moore. No, he's not a queen, <laughs> but he is a man who has been a king in marketing. Why did you start your own business? Why did you want to get out there on your own? Well, I think everybody starts business to, quote, make money because they have some personal need. Money doesn't solve all problems, but it makes uncomfortable situations more comfortable. First off, here's a bit of inspiration to help you market like a queen who is led by the King of Kings. Remember not the former things. Forget about what your business used to do, how it used to look, how the economy used to work. Focus on right now, today, and move forward. Thank God for every single step you take. Move forward with gratefulness. In Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, that message is for you today. Apply it so you can market like a queen. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you for having me today. You know, I'm not a queen today, but I might be a queen in somebody's <laughs> mind. <laughs> or a king. Well, in, in the sense that I'm using the term, it really has to do with leadership. That's what it's really all about. A lot of folks just, uh, they get a little wimpy in my in my opinion with the marketing and so this show is all about being a marketing leader thank you I've, uh, always try to come up with innovative and different ideas to make an impact wherever i happen to be that day i've noticed i've noticed i've really enjoyed getting to know you here at club e thank you and uh, it's really a blessing for me to be a part of this community and meet folks like you because you you all know what you're doing and you do it well, and it's really rubbing off well on me, so I, I appreciate well, it. Well, people always ask, what do you need here at Club E? And I just say one more new good member. There so you go. Thank you for being our, our, a new good member a few months ago. No problem, no problem at all. So, um, well, before we move into my uh, questions in the, along the marketing lines, the first thing I want to do is ask you, Mr. Michael Moore, what do you do in business, and who do you serve in business? Well, I've been pleasantly... Uh, uh, excitable over the years. I have been all things to many people. I uh, tell people simply my story is I was a poor country boy. I lived two miles from pavement growing up. Had the fortune of being a, a Boy Scout and an Eagle Scout and did all those fun things. Had a chance to serve, help build a rescue squad back when I was 14 years old. So I served people. I actually trained firemen how to do rescue before they had any idea that they were in the rescue business. Uh, then we went moved into the military for a few years and then I became a banker. And then about 1981, I tell people I'm now a recovering banker because I left the profession. And I've been an entrepreneur since. I've worked for people in direct sales. I've trained many, many, many salespeople. I've hired and fired many salespeople. I've worked with marketing companies. I've owned companies. I've sold companies. I've sold and closed a couple of companies. So uh, I've been in marketing of a personal basis for going on 40 years. Wow. Now that is a really good history breakdown for me. That leads greatly into my next question because my next question was specifically, um, you know, when did you first start doing business on your own and why did you start your own business? Why did you want to get out there on your own? Well, I think everybody starts business to, quote, make money because they have some personal need. Money doesn't solve all problems, but it makes uncomfortable situations more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And at eight years old... I convinced my brother, who had, had a car, that we could throw three paper routes together and make enough money to be reasonable. So we had three paper routes for a number of years. 
and uh, it saved his family and his marriage because he could no longer be in the construction industry, but he could still drive a car. And uh, I did that until I was 14, uh, 13, I guess. And then I got a motor scooter, and he and I parted partnerships. Wow, that's awesome. So you had a family business pretty much. We had a family business. My brother and I were entrepreneurs. We uh, then left that business together, and a couple of years later, we started a car cleanup company together, and we would renovate like-new used cars to be like-new again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Car cleanup and renovation of cars, that's a big business to be in, and I'm sure that that was, had its ups and downs and well, that was a, Yeah, that was a number of years ago, but it was during the Vietnam War, and a lot of second lieutenants in our hometown were bringing their personal family vehicles to give away to the used car salesman when they went to Vietnam. So we would buy them, clean them up, and pass them on. I've never heard that history before about the <laughs> Vietnam era. That's good stuff to hear. So in terms of when you started doing your own business, what types of things were you doing to market your businesses that worked for you then versus what do you do now? What's the difference? What did you start with? What do you do now? What's the difference between them? Well, to be quite honest, it's the same thing then. It's the same thing now. It's visiting with people. Mm -hmm. When you have a paper route, you pretty well are limited to people that are on your street or streets or next door. And so you have to go knock on doors and ask people to be your customer. But you can't ask them to be your customer. You just ask them, do they get a newspaper? Mm -hmm. Most people would say, do you take the Atlanta Journal-Constitution? That's the wrong answer because the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is not very important to people anymore. But some newspaper may still be important to people, and if so, you better be selling the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, or some other newspaper as well. So now we, you ask the question, what do we do now? Now we have to offer more products in order to maintain the same customer base. Mm -hmm. We do have to, unfortunately, be more things to more people or more things to all people. So would you say that now in addition to... Uh, being local, you also have to be uh, global. What was that phraseology that a lot of people are using with things? They say, uh, think global, serve local, or buy local? One, one of those ways. Mm -hmm. Think local, serve local, be local. Mm -hmm. uh, people want, still want to deal with somebody they can know, like, and trust, regardless whether you're on the internet or the phone or walking down the street as an eight-year-old kid saying, would you buy my news a newspaper from me rather than picking it up on the way home? Mm -hmm. Because I'll bring it to your door at 5 a.m. in the morning and it gets here every day. Mm -hmm. People are interested in consistent service, honest service, and most people are willing to pay a fair price. And that's a tough thing about being in business. Uh, over the years, many, many times I have counseled clients to fire customers. Mm -hmm. You can sometimes improve your profit margin if, if, uh, if, if a result but you can always improve your stress factor by firing customers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, that's very accurate. Um, a lot of folks are really trying to figure out kind of where to get started with their uh, marketing tactics, with their strategy. And they're really looking for tips on that when they listen to our show. What are the, the top three things, and if you have more than three, that's fine, but what are the top three things you would tell them to do to start plotting out their marketing strategy? Well, if they're going to pick a, quote, marketing strategy, um, most people misestimate the cost of a marketing program. Mm -hmm. So number one is, would be, start with a small budget and meet your budget. Mm -hmm. You can make your mistakes cheaper, easier than you can make your mistakes expensively. That's true. So don't don't retain a marketing consultant for fifteen hundred dollars a month if you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
number two is find something you can personally administer without help and learn how to administer that without help until it, it is, is successful or fails because then you will understand what the factors of success are and what the factors of failure might be. And number three A or two A I guess it would be would be if it fails ask someone else why it failed. Ask a customer you didn't get. Say, I gave you a postcard, I gave you my business card, or you saw my television ad, or you saw my billboard, but you still aren't buying from me. Why? And then number three would be, once you learn what works and doesn't work, turn it up a notch or two or three or four. It might be time to go to a real television commercial. It might be time to go to a national campaign. And then seek quality, well-priced, professional help so that you can automate the process and go on and go on and fix something else in your business. So hire help after you understand the process is Correct. what you're saying. <laughs> That'll save people frustration and and keep keep your trust from being broken with people that you've entrusted it to and you don't even understand it well. Yeah, I think it goes back to that test and measure. What's measured can be tested and what's measured and tested can be improved. And if you don't understand it, you don't know how to measure it. You can't accept somebody to tell you that you're getting a thousand impressions a day when you're getting no customers. A thousand impressions a day mean nothing if no, if there's no revenue resulting from it. There's no two customers resulting from it. That's why that point two A was important. The people who didn't buy from you ask why they didn't buy from you because they were exposed. Those 999 impressions, you need to find out who they were. If a marketing firm won't tell you what they're doing, how they're doing it, we have that example every every day. Most often when people run out of money, they run out of money growing their business because they spend it incorrectly. I am here today with Mr. Jim Browning. He is known as a LinkedIn guru, but I'm sure he does much more than that. And I'm just so um, glad and so grateful and honored that you took the time out to meet me here at Clubby Atlanta for this interview today. Welcome. Well, welcome, Donna. And it's a, it's a great place to meet as well. Yeah, it is. It is. This has been um, a very supportive community for me. I didn't expect that. I thought I was just going to have a place where I can come and have some meetings. and <laughs> um, I didn't expect that. So how did you find out about Clubby? Well, a good friend of mine, Michael Moore, he, he uh, introduced me to it, uh, asked me to come and actually speak on LinkedIn. So that was our surprise guest for season three. His name again is Jim Browning. If you have not yet met him on LinkedIn, I'd be very surprised. He's very well known as a LinkedIn expert, um, not just in Atlanta, but worldwide. He is uh, very highly visible online. So uh, check him out over on LinkedIn if you'd like to, and also come back next week for Market Like a Queen season three, episode number two. Now, if you would like to check out Club E Atlanta, I would absolutely love to meet you over here and uh, let you know more about it. And you can also, of course, come anytime without me. Just let them know that I sent you. The address for Club E Atlanta is 3707 Main Street, College Park, Georgia, 30337. My suite number is 29. My name is Donna Marie Johnson. I am the Market Like a Queen podcast show and annual conference host. Remember to save the date for December 1st. Registration will be opening soon.